This is part two of our Radio Rehab Entertainment episode where we are covering the Slam Dance Film Festival, Slam Dance 2021. If you missed the last episode, which was my interview for Bleeding Audio with director Chelsea Christer and Justin Sansusti, you can go ahead and go back and listen to that. This interview is with Jack Dunphy of Revelations. Revelations is an eight-minute short animated film, and it'll be the best eight minutes of your life. He's a writer, director, and an animator, and I want him to be my new best friend. You'll see that when you listen to the interview. Like, he's the coolest guy. I love this. Let's join the conversation. Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. Hey, Jack. Um, my first thought and my major thought when I watched this was like, oh, you made a movie about me and my husband when we met 13 years ago. And I know that's not what you did because you don't know us, <laughs> but you did. Oh, my God. I don't even know where to start. Um, like, I feel like Celine is me, but it for me, you know, the part where I, I, she kept her booze in the water bottle for me, it was a Gatorade bottle. My mm. prediction. Charlene can attest to that because we, you know, we're in the same radio station in, in 2004 and that's how I was consuming my vodka. Like it's, I do, I, I literally can't even wrap my head around it because I love it so much. Where did this come from? Is this a personal experience for you at all? Well, thank you very much. Yeah, it, 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 it is. Um, where did it come from? Well, I've been making this feature film for five years and originally this animation was supposed to be a part of that but the movies changed a lot so i'm replacing all the animation so i thought well i might as well save this animation from what hopefully is not a sinking ship but something else and um i put it out as its own thing and that's where it came from and uh yes very personal all my stuff's personal uh there's a dash of fiction um i took certain liberties um but uh, it's all true. It's not all factual, but it's all true. I, yeah, no, I get exactly what you're saying. I mean, even the part where, because my dad was a recovering alcoholic and addict. And I remember coming home loaded and him being like, oh, you're loaded. How's it feel? Mm -hmm. The way that whole part was worded was just like, that's exactly it. It's so perfect. It's like, it's so perfect. I love it. Um, uh, so, who are the characters based on, if anyone? Are they based on you at all? Or, or is it based on your view of the scene and who you've met? Yeah, I mean, it's based on me, certainly the, the protagonist, the voice. Okay. Um, I mean, it is me in, in the, a sense. Uh, and then the girlfriend, Celine, she's a composite of a few different girls, um, one of whom is no longer with us. Um, and uh, the one who is still with us, who is named Celine, uh, is not thrilled about this because it's really not her life. Um, it's actually more the life of my other girlfriend whose name was Mo. Actually, the movie I'm making right now is called Dear Mo. And uh, it's a lot about her and my memories of my life with her and, you know, breaking up with me on acid. That was really Mo. So Celine was like, why is... Why do you keep like naming all the characters me and people think this is my life because I use the real footage of me with Celine. Um, the feelings I felt, those incredible hard, you know, just really intense feelings of first love, teenage love, those were directed towards Celine. But the actual events, the descent into drug addiction, that was more 
Mo. Yeah, and I, I get it. Celine's a great name, so I understand that. Like, my name's Dana. The shittiest name ever. I hate that's my a name. Good name. Dana for a girl. Yeah, that's a great name for a it girl. Is? I got a picture like Dana Plato from um, uh, Different Strokes. <laughs> you know, and then she ended up dying of drug addiction and she was in porno movies in Las Vegas. Like she went from being a child actor to that. So whenever I hear Dana, I'm like, oh, my name sucks. Celine's a great name, though. So many good writers named Celine. So yeah, there's something about it. Um, I don't want to I don't want to pry and you can say no to whatever you don't want to answer. But I'd like to hear about Mo. And I'm just saying that because I'm a recovering heroin addict. I've been clean for five and a half years and I was a nightmare to every boy, man, girl, <laughs> whoever I dated, I was a nightmare and I, I wrecked a bunch of lives and somehow I'm still alive. So can yeah. we talk a little bit about her? My heart kind of dropped. My heart kind of dropped when you asked about it in a good way. Um, I'm happy to talk about it. Uh, you know, no one really asks. Um, she was very troubled, always troubled. From the time I knew her, she was 18 when I was 14 and we started dating and uh, we, we dated on and off until she passed. I think she was 26 or 27. Um, and yeah, just, you know, she's battled addiction, alcoholism, heroin uh, addiction, and she was sober for long stretches. She was deeper into so sober life than I ever was, I think. I don't know if she really worked the 12 steps, but I know when she was in a halfway house after she was sent to rehab for the umpteenth time, uh, she got, she was really into it, you know, really liking the people she was in the halfway house with. She started to talk a little bit in a bonics, sort of adopting the length, the, the way of speaking. Um, this is bad because the audio, you, you, you can't hear you laugh on, on mic. And so, People aren't, <laughs> aren't going to realize how funny you think I am. Because I'm loud. Uh, <laughs> no, you're, I, you're, I, I, did, I did laugh at that. I just try to keep my voice off mic because I'm so husky. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. <laughs> I, Dana, with a husky-voiced radio personality, this is, own it. Well, I feel like I sound like Kathleen Turner's butthole right now because my <laughs> is so like, I mean, I've killed myself with the vape. So yeah, I'm going to, I don't, I hope this goes away, but yeah, the, uh, two days ago I sounded like I was dying and now I kind of sound just husky. Right. Right. Well, uh, anyway, yeah. So she started almost adopting the language of some of the, who, you know, the people in the halfway house, you know, every race, yeah. every breed. And, uh, she was really into being sober. I remember walking around Evanston or Rogers park. She, you know, where she was from and, uh, just trying to apply for jobs anywhere in sandwich shops. I remember we went into a Panera bread or something and the manager just happened to have been at the same halfway house that she was currently in. It was just a coincidence. And so I remember going with her for those. And then, uh, I remember being with an old teacher because we went to the same high school. We were on his porch smoking cigarettes, talking about old times. And then she showed up and I just knew, I always knew when she was high and other people didn't people who aren't as experienced with addicts or haven't been through it themselves. They don't know. Yeah. And I just know, I, I, I mean, for one, the pupils, Oh, also, yeah, I wore my yeah. pupils in my back pocket. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I had no pupils. <laughs> yeah, and just her way of speaking. And I remember after that time, we were talking to our teacher. Uh, uh, we're adults now. We were walking out, and I was like, so you're 
so you're high and she just stopped dead in her tracks and how did you know how did you know and there were so many times in our relationship where she would say how do you know and probably by the eighth time of how do you know i'm like how do you think i know because i've always known um and we it was sometimes our relationship was healthy because we were both sober together and we were trying that sober life and going to museums and shit and like you know trying and uh then we both slowly, I remember the night when it's just, she was like, man, my back, my back. She, oh, she was always in sort of so many ailments and she's just my back. If I just had, you know, not to get high, but just if I had a Vicodin, you know, and I was like, man, my anxiety's really flaring up. If I just had a Xanax and we, so next thing you know, we're in Oak Park and, and, and like, in the back, you know, in the parking lot of a McDonald's or whatever, just waiting for the guy, like a hardcore drug dealer, not like a friend, you know, like a guy with carries a gun and speaks in a slur. Yeah. And um, then started with the pills and then soon we're right back in it. Um, and we, after that, we would only enter each other's lives to use because we were the only people that could go as hard as the other person or the other person, or, or, you know, just people in our lives were sick of it. And we were the ones we could use in front of each other. For me, it was alcohol and pills for her. It was heroin. Um, and, uh, we didn't leave it on good terms and she passed away, unfortunately from it, you know, she overdosed. Yeah. Um, I don't think she was trying to kill herself, but it was, it was, uh, inevitable. Yeah. I mean, it is. It is. When, it is the way we use, the way I use. And uh, when you said Oak Park, you're not talking about Sacramento, right? Or are you? No, right outside of Chicago. Oh, that Oak Park. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, there's like a random place called Oak Park. It's like, and it's my dad, he passed away 16 years ago, but he was also a recovering addict and alcoholic. And he told me he could get a falafel, heroin, and a blowjob at three o'clock in the morning, no matter what city he was in. And I just remember being like, what? <laughs> And now that I became me, you know, the addict that I am, I, I have five and a half years, but I'm still, I still consider myself an addict because I am. Um, it, it's like, I have the same exact, I can go anywhere. I mean, I could literally go to like Amish country and find heroin somehow. I don't know. Like yeah. we want to, when, 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 yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's so yeah. hard. You know who to look for. Yeah, I know what they look like. I know the head nod. I know the guy who's going to sell you gaffle. Like, I, I exactly. It's just, yeah. Yeah, it's just something that you learn from being an addict. It makes you street smart, but I don't know what yeah. else it does except street help street help other addicts. I was, uh, yeah, Pittsburgh, middle of Pittsburgh was the only town couldn't, couldn't figure anything out. Oh, Pennsylvania. And I was, uh, it was one of those times where I was so, I was bouncing around the bottom so hardcore with alcohol and at that time it was oxycontin so you know if you're doing any opiate whether it's vicodin oxycontin and this new dumbass kratom that everyone thinks is so okay <laughs> um it's gonna lead to heroin you know it just that's the last stop and so i was i really had only done heroin maybe once and it never knocked me off my ass and i just was some i was so fucked up i was bumming around Pittsburgh. We were only there for a night. My friends were in the motel. I had broken free from them and I was just stalking the night looking for something. And 
Every person I asked, I just remember how nice everyone was. Just I was outside of a 7-Eleven. Every single person I thought looked remotely shady, like, hey, man, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, do you have any uh, uh, No, I'm sorry. Sorry, man. Good luck. You know, uh, couldn't find anything. I, no, I, I, I get that. When I, I, I brought my friend David, who had never done a drug in his life, out to cop with me one time when one dealer went to jail and I was 19. I didn't know where to find another one. And we're driving around Echo Park in Los Angeles and, you know, black tar heroin, they call it Chiva. And I'm like, how am I going to get, what am I going to do? I was stopping. I was asking people. They were like, get away from me. And, mm-hmm. and, and David yelled out the window, Chiva, Chiva, get over here right now. Like he was calling after a dog or something. And it was the funniest thing that ever happened in my life. And that guy, that guy never did a drug and still won't talk to me because he thought he, you know, I was disturbed, but it, it's been a long time since that happened. But the people like, like you and me and, and the people we date and have been with, that's how the relationships drive. That's what I really love about revelations is honestly, it's how my husband and I met. He, we were loaded. We were partying with my best friend, AKA dealer. And, you know, after two weeks of partying, he was like, okay, we got to get our act together now. And I was like, whoa, we, so I was like, oh, so you mean I have to start hiding it? And that's, that's literally what ended up happening. I relate to this so much. And I feel like literally all of our friends, mine and my husband's friends would, would be, and it just relates to all of us. It's so perfect. And you just, you worded the story so perfectly. How do you write? Thanks. Um, I, for the short so far, I kind of just take notes, I guess, and animate. I kind of, the animation process is not as mapped out or prepared as most animators do it. You know, I kind of do it as I go, and that allows the story to reveal itself. And so the animation and the drawings, I don't necessarily know how it's going to end, you know, but I know that if I just feel it, and I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know what's at the end of the tunnel, but I know something's there. I can see the light. I just keep moving forward. And then organically, the story reveals itself. The animation reveals itself. And then the words come pretty simply because it's, you know, with animation, it's not like you have a lot of time to ramble on or, you know, be verbose. And uh, especially with Revelations or some of my previous shorts, it's I keep it very simple and very sparse and very conversational because, if I overwrite it, it just sounds like I'm reading something, uh, a script. And I mean, you know what you're doing now. You're, you're rap. I mean, you know, this is the kind of voice someone wants to listen to, not, uh, you know, the scripted welcome to. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and here we are today with. Yeah. yeah right. I tell, yeah. Nobody buys that. that. And that's the great thing about this short is that it's so real and just genuine. You know what I mean? That you're like, this person's not full of shit. Like it just, it's, it's nice. It was nice to watch. It was just, I can't even tell you how much I relate to it. I, I, we like, we've talked for longer than the short actually lasts because it's like, but still like it's, I can, I mean, I could talk about this for days. I literally want everyone I know to watch this, especially because, you know, and I hate to use this word, but I came from like the hipster scene, you know, like we were all whatever we were doing. Well, they were doing, addict stuff normally and i was you know going into the bathroom and doing bathroom drugs because that's kind of addict i was but everyone that i know can relate to this this describes so many people's relationships 
it's just perfect. I, I want everyone to see it. And I don't know how that can happen because they have to go actually see it. But I'm going to tell everyone they should see it. Thanks. Well, because it's on Slam Dance till the 25th. It's like a $10 ticket to, to the whole festival, $5 if you're a student. And then it'll play a few more festivals and eventually it'll just be on online on my Vimeo and the whole world can watch it. That's that's all I want. Um for the whole world to watch it. It's my only expectation. I mean, that's it. It's not a big deal. It's just the whole world. Like what? <laughs> right. So it'll be out there. What's next? What's next? Well, yeah. the feature, Dear Mo. Um, working on that a lot. I have a live action narrative feature. I'd love to get off the ground. It's, it's, it's a tough process. Um, and I actually am starting my own podcast uh, called also called Revelations that has been in the works for a while. I interview artists from all fields and we talk about addiction and loss and grief and love and faith and all that good stuff. Um, try to avoid the sort of perfunctory career overview kind of questions, um, especially if I'm talking to filmmakers because filmmakers are pretty boring. <laughs> I, I mean, they're not boring intrinsically. I just mean the way they're not used to to speaking. You know, that's not what they do, really. Yeah. It's not like interviewing a comedian or someone, you know what I mean? So, yeah, trying to get, would, would you be a guest on it? I was literally waiting for you to stop talking so I could be like, when do you want me on? Are you kidding? Absolutely. Yeah, right. I've, got, I've got a gritty story. Yeah, right. I, I would absolutely love to be on it. Sweet. I also want to know what your website is and how people can find you so we can put that in the show notes. No website yet. Just check out the Vimeo, Jack Dunphy Vimeo. You can see my other two shorts that are up there. Check off and serenity deals with similar things, loss and addiction and love. This is awesome. Great. I want everyone to see revelations and we'll put everything you said about how they can find it in the show notes. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank you, dude. It's so awesome talking to you. Seriously. Yeah, it's great to meet you. Good to meet you too. And that's a wrap for our coverage of Slamdance Film Festival 2021. Big thanks to Jack Dunphy from Revelations for being on the show. If you want to watch these movies, go to slamdance.com. You can get a festival pass and you can see Revelations and Bleeding Audio for yourself, which I highly suggest. So thanks again to Jack and thanks again to Slamdance. We'll have links to everything we covered in our show notes, so check those out. Stay tuned for the next episode where producer Shar and I deuce it out. If you want to be on the show or you know anyone who should be on the show, please contact us. The email is radiorehab at gotoproductions.com. That's go-toproductions.com. You can also call or text 415-496-9511 even when we're not in studio. And on all the socials, it's at Radio Rehab Dana, D-A-Y-N-A. Thank you for listening. Keep coming back.